Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Today, I was basically thinking of putting something together anyway, and then I read something from Amber Liddick on Facebook. Thanks to Amber, I have decided uh, to cover how the words we use really affect our perceptions of our animals. And of course, your perception changes the way you deal with your animal and it all goes from there. So she has written, close your eyes and imagine yourself in a relationship. Within this relationship, you have no voice. Maybe it's your first one or maybe the 10th one. You meet and immediately you are told where you will live, where you will work, how you will exercise and who you will be friends with, if anyone. When you try and express that you are fearful of the uncertainty, confused about the new life and worried no one will ever hear you again, you are met with more directions over and over, with no time to process or time to be still and be heard. Imagine living day after day, walking on eggshells, not knowing what our partner will be like that day. Often they use you as a means to feel better, dumping all the stress from their job and life on you, projecting all their insecurities and shortcomings right into you, blaming you for not being a better listener, even saying that you are a jerk, stubborn and even calling you stupid. How do you cope with this? Do you shut down and stop trying? Do you try and run away? Are you frozen in fear and anxiety so much that you are triggered by what seems to be nothing and out of nowhere? None of this is anywhere near a healthy partnership, yet it's where we expect our horses to live every day. These animals are gifts, accountability partners, and their behaviours and desperate attempts to communicate are a clear mirror to what is happening for us internally. They do not judge They forgive constantly and love unconditionally. And when they don't, they are labelled as a problem. It's time to take responsibility for our side of the relationship. They have no choice in this. I really love that. Going back to the early, late 90s, early 2000s, I think it was. um, I think it started in Philadelphia in the US. They decided to try and change the word owner because you own property. So instead of being an animal owner and legally having the property classification, you are a guardian of the animal. Now you think of the difference between something that you own or something you are a guardian of. 
Big difference, isn't there? And these are the sorts of things we do. I mean, one more person tells me, oh, it's not a dog, it's a four-legged human. How bloody disrespectful is that to the animal? You are dumping all your stuff on that animal, saying, not acknowledging its species in any way, shape or form, saying to people what you want to see. It's not a four-legged human, it's a dog. It's 1% genetically different or less than a wolf. But people want to dress them, doggy dress-ups, doggy suits, matching collars. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's the stuff that goes behind those words. And then they have the puppuccinos, and they're not a dog. They're a fur baby. They're not a fur baby. They're a carnivore. They're either a cat or a dog. They're not a baby anything. And, of course, this becomes worse with a lot of the brachyphilic dogs, um, the pugs, the peaks, and so forth, because they can't breathe properly either. And because their nose is the shape they are, people think of it as cute. And the expectations are such even to the little dog, big dog syndrome. If a little dog rushes at someone and growls, people will laugh. If my 80 kilo Sarplaninac does that, everyone will label him as a dangerous dog. Think of the difference. Same behavior. These are the things we do without realizing. And then, of course, you have people saying, oh, but, you know, the dog knows it did something wrong. No. You've walked in, you've seen something, your behavior has changed, your body language has changed, your scent has changed, and the dog's gone, oh boy, now I'm in for it. No connection. And yet this is what we do. Or guilty. I hate that word. Animals do not feel guilt. So stop projecting your stuff onto the animal. If you think the dog is guilty of something, you're guilty of not training the animal and meeting its needs properly so that something has happened which you are not happy with. A dog is very, very good at being a dog, ditto a cat or a horse. And yet these are the things we put onto them, even the old saying, dogs have masters, cats have staff. Look at the difference in those words. And then think of the average relationship a dog owner has versus a cat owner has. We do this. Or a racehorse, for example, or a performance horse that's quote-unquote underperforming. An animal doesn't underperform. That is telling you the animal has an issue. Is it pain? Very probably. Is it lack of training? Possibly. Is it lack of understanding? Very probably. But we will say the animal is underperforming rather than looking at our own things and what we're doing. Pain is the biggest one of all that drives me insane. I actually got paid a huge compliment last week or the week before. Uh, A vet friend of mine said that I had made them reassess pain and the way they managed it. I was really, really happy about that. But look at the words we use. Mild soft tissue damage. Not pain, 
soft tissue damage or they have a bit of heat somewhere. Heat is inflammation. Inflammation hurts. Or the horse is mildly lame or uneven. Uh, No, the horse is in pain. People say, oh, it's only a mild lameness. Ride it. If you have a sprained ankle, are you going to do a marathon? No, it hurts. No animal limps for the hell of it. They just don't. You don't either. The moment you start limping, you have a whole bunch of compensatory patterns and they hurt. So we use the word lame rather than in pain because so many people are happy to ride a horse that's lame, does my head in. If you say to them that horse is in pain, your average person is going to go, oh, okay, well, how do we treat it? What do we do? And I won't be riding it till it's better. Arthritic stuff, wear and tear on the joints or, oh, they're stiff when they get up in the morning. Well, no animal or human for that matter gets up stiffly in inverted commas if there's no reason for it or it's just aging. No, it's not. And if you start treating your stiffness or they're slowing up with body work, herbs, homeopathics, painkillers, be it herbal or um, conventional, generally they do a hell of a lot better and most of that stiffness or slowness goes. These are the sorts of things we do to our animals. So really have a think. Oh, the horse is stubborn. No, horse doesn't understand what you want. Or it's stupid. No animal is stupid. All it means is you have not got across to the animal, what be it a dog, cat, horse, whatever, correctly, because no animal will make life difficult for itself. In the same way, no human will deliberately make life difficult for themselves. The old path of least resistance is exactly the same for animals as it is for humans. And people say, oh, they're doing it deliberately to make me look bad. Um, Quite frankly, get off your horse if it's a horse, get rid of your dog or cat and go to a psychiatrist. Animals don't do that. If you're mirroring your kind of stuff onto your pet, then time to have a bloody good look at yourself and work out why you're going wrong because that has nothing to do with the animal. They're merely reflecting back to you their understanding of where you are and what they understand or do not understand of you. Oh, it's slow or it bolts. That can be dogs or horses. Well, if they're always slow, have you had a body check? Generally, there's a reason for it. Or a dog or a horse that suddenly bolts forward. Guarantee you that's pain. And, the, you know, oh, it's you know, stuff, as the thing said, came out of nowhere. No, you just haven't been training and reading your animal's body language well enough to see where things come from. You know, the animal's at the end of its tether, the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back. And this is particularly true of many animals that come out of shelters, 
because the internal stresses are the ones that stay in shelters. The external stresses, the ones that bark or bite or dig, sadly often get euthanized. So it's the animals that internalize that get adopted. And of course, they'll continue to internalize. And with horses, the internalizers are the ones that keep people safe. And then people take it for granted, don't realize that the animal's at the end of their tether. And then one day, there's just that little bit too much. And the owners have been happily pushing the animal harder and harder and harder without realizing or taking the time to look and stop and think and realize that their animal isn't coping. So really have a look at the words that you use with your animal friends because they will always take the path of least resistance. They're always going to try to please you. So if something's not going your way or you're not happy with it, have a really good look at why. Because most of the time, there's a pain factor and quite often a misunderstanding. As the um, Amber said, it's time to take responsibility for our side of the relationship. We choose our animals. They have no choice. So it's up to us to do the best we can and always, always be your animal's advocate. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking With The Animals. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, and if you've got any topics you'd like me to cover, drop me a line. Please always remember to be your animal's advocate, particularly in Melbourne this winter. I have seen far too many animals be labelled for bad or slow or stupid when basically it's been pain-related due to our delightful winter weather. Stay safe and until next time, remember when you can to talk with the animals. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.